When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up tomorrow morning at 5.30 is uh, the Carabao Cup final, League Cup final, if you like, without the energy drink sponsor. Uh, it is Manchester United taking on Newcastle United, currently third and fifth in the Premier League, and Newcastle United's first final since 1999. Paul Eiffel joins us now to talk that final and a few other things. And Paul, I know you're a Newcastle fan. Just how fizzed are you about tomorrow morning? Yeah, well, there's not not too many games I get up for in the middle of the night anymore, but I'll, I'll certainly be getting up for this one. Yes, uh, it's been a long time coming. It has been, mate. Uh, Bruno Guimaraes, uh, who got suspended um, after red card um, a few a few games ago, is going to luckily and uh, the semi finally got that. Uh, he managed to serve his time in the uh, those Premier League games, so he's been out for three, but he'll be back for the final. How important is he for Newcastle? Yeah, oh, he's been massive. I mean, I don't, I didn't know too much about him when they signed him. Um, and you read the reports, you know, it can take him some time to settle in, but he's been brilliant from, from pretty much day one. So, um, you know, the sort of fulcrum of the team, he, he gets them going. He's, he's so comfortable on the ball. So, I think you know, with having him back, I think it makes a big difference. But obviously, the, the task is pretty big. Um, the way United are playing at the moment, it's going to be very, very difficult ask. Yeah, I guess that is the thing. I mean, you know, Newcastle haven't lost a lot of games, but they haven't won a lot of games. They've been drawing a lot of games and probably haven't been playing quite as well what in the last month or so, or probably since the World Cup, than they were before that World Cup break. Yeah, and I think that's, that was going to happen with a few different teams. And obviously Newcastle are one of the ones um, didn't have that many players playing in the World Cup, but it's, it's, it's you know probably a time they didn't want off. Um, they wanted to keep on rolling, so it's, it's disappointing. But again, um, the opportunity to, to play in a final, to qualify for Europe, um, it's something that, that Newcastle haven't done for a long time. So, you know, they'll be, be well up for this one, but it's going to be hard. Yeah, 1999, Paul, isn't it? And, and funny how that synergy works because it was the same opposition. Yeah, no, I remember it very well. I remember watching it. Um, you know, they had a couple of finals in a couple of years and, and, and lost them lost them all, um, unfortunately. But I think this this could be different. It's not the you know, back in those days that was the that was the old United. That was uh when they were all conquering. This is a little bit different. They're a little bit vulnerable. Um but obviously they've picked up form recently. Rashford's on fire, so he's gonna be very difficult to stop as well. Yeah, he will be. He will be, mate. Uh the other interesting storyline out of this is the goalkeeping situation. Nick Pope got sent off last weekend. Uh he is suspended for the League Cup final and then your number two, Martin Debravka, was on loan at Manchester United of all clubs for the first half of the season and played in a League Cup game. So he's cup tied, so your one and two keepers can't play. And there's a bloke called Loris Carrius. It feels like there could be a whole lot of headlines written about his involvement. Yeah, I'm hoping it's his redemption story because obviously he's not been seen too much since since the last time when he was obviously very poor, the, the really you know well publicised mistake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a real big opportunity for him. But um, you know they were trying to get players in on loan, emergency loans, and the, the Premier League didn't allow that to happen. Um, you know I'm I'm not a fan of um, being, people being suspended for finals. You know it could be the only time you get an opportunity to play in it. So I think they need to find a way around that. I mean it's. It wasn't anything malicious. If it's violent intent or something like that, I'd get that. But if it's not, I think they should be allowed to play in, in finals. So very disappointed for Pope.
Yeah, to be honest, I mean, you know, I'm a United, Manchester United fan, Paul, so I'm on the other side of this. But I looked at that and thought, if I'm the referee, if I'm VAR, I'm going to go and have a look because he actually tried to hit it and cocked up the header and then the ball hit yep. his hand on the bounce. So it wasn't like an intentional handball, I didn't think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I didn't think it was a red anyway, but I'm just, you know, when, when you've got a cup final, I just think you've got to look into it a bit more. And, you know, there's all, there's all these historical ones of people missing World Cup finals and you go back and, and it's two yellows or, or something like that and you sort of think, you know, this is a showpiece final. It might be the only one you ever get to play in and you're, and you're going to miss it because of, a, well, arguably, a referee and decision um, or a poor decision from the player. But it was, like I said, if it's nothing not, nothing to do with violence, I think they should be allowed to play. Now, uh, Karius was is well known for playing in that Champions League final against Real Madrid. Uh, he made a couple of errors. It came out afterwards. He was actually concussed after uh, he got Ramosed, uh, as they as they call it. Yeah. Um, how, as a Newcastle fan, how confident are you of having him between the sticks for the game? <laughs> not, not very, if I'm honest. Um you know, like I said, hopefully this is redemption. Um, he, he's played on the biggest stage before, so I don't know if it'll be overawed as such. But um, it, you know, it's, it's a big ask for him to come in pretty cold um, and play against a team in the, in the form that United are in. But you know, this, this is the job of a goalkeeper, unfortunately, especially a two or a three. Um, a lot of the time, you're sat there just waiting for your opportunity. So hopefully, he grabs it with both hands. And you know, if he plays well enough, then it's an opportunity for him to see out the season. So why not? Uh, in terms of the squad that uh, Eddie Howe has to play with uh, for this final, um, how do you think he's going? Because uh, for me, it feels like, you know, when the news came out that Saudi the Saudi um, Saudis were taking over the club, I thought, oh, here we go. You know, it'll just be a money dump, and you know, like Man City a few years ago, there'll be a Robinho type signing that sort of thing. But they haven't haven't really thrown the money at it. Um, how how do you see the way that Howe has built the squad so far? I think it. I think it just shows you how good Howe is. He's taken a group that were just okay, um, and turned them into decent players. And they look like they've got a system. They've got an idea of what they're doing. Um, you know, I would imagine he's, he's sort of put down his philosophy, and they've they've bought in. That's the that's the hardest bit. You know, um, they look really solid defensively. Um, what he's done with Joel Linton is is amazing. You know, I wasn't a fan of him at all. You now he looks like one of the best box to box midfielders in, in the Premier League. Almiron always sort of flat to deceive, but now he's actually getting the numbers, the goals and assists to go with it. So, yeah, I think he's done a great job. Um, you know, hopefully they, they can get into the Champions League this year um, and that will mean another level of player. I, I hope he doesn't do or isn't sort of forced to do what City did a few years ago. I hope he keeps building it, you know, slowly but surely um, for long-term success. It certainly look uh, to be the way forward. I mean, Sven Botman, uh, Kieran Trippier look like good additions. Um, Alexander Isak, I, I remember watching him playing in Spain and thinking he was uh, he was a good player. He was a player I thought Manchester United should have gone after a few years ago. Um, do you what's your take on them letting Chris Wood go uh, in the in the January window on loan, given the injury history of Wilson and Isak? Oh, I think it was a good move. I think they're both, uh, well, Isaac is certainly coming back from injury and I think he will be a decent addition. Um, like you said, I've, I've watched him before and I thought he was a great player. So I don't think it'll be a big miss. I think Chris needs to play. Um, I think it works out for both sides. You know, obviously time will tell if, if the boys up front for Newcastle can stay fit. Now, Manchester United, you mentioned Marcus Rashford. Uh, they will be missing one player, though, Christian Eriksen. And I think he's been key to the, the the way that Eric Ten Hag has turned Manchester United around. How much of a miss do you see him being, not just in this cup final, but throughout the season? 
Yeah, big miss. I mean, he's been great. I remember when they when they signed him, I thought it was a pretty big risk, um, given obviously his medical history. Um, but he's bounced back and he's been class. I mean, he, he still maintains so much ability. He's so composed on the ball. You know, the through balls that he plays, bringing other people into play, barely gives the ball away and, and he's happy to put it at risk. So a fantastic player will be a big miss for them. But again, I mean, they've, they've got such a such depth in their squad. Um, he probably wouldn't be as big a miss as, as somebody for Newcastle. But certainly, certainly for the final, I think they're still OK. Um, longer term, if they're trying to make that top four, it will be a little bit more difficult without him. So is it as easy or as simple as saying that keep Rashford quiet, you keep Manchester United quiet? Is that the key to Newcastle winning this trophy? I think it's the key, but I don't think it's the only thing. I think, you know, Fernandes is still somebody who can, who can pop up and help. They've got good players throughout. Um, I personally think that United, uh, sorry, Newcastle will have to have their best day and, and man, you'd be a little off for, for Newcastle to get it done. So oh, I'm hopeful that that's, that's the case. Um, but I don't think, you know, Newcastle can't have an off day. They need to be right at it. They need to be right at it. Uh, would it would have helped the squad morale today to see uh, uh, that mid-table battle uh, between Crystal Palace and Liverpool led in all? Yes, absolutely. Because I think everybody's waiting for Liverpool to turn it around and get on that little run and, and pip somebody for fourth or third even. Um, but they just can't seem to put it together. So certainly Newcastle, we've been looking over our shoulders waiting for that to happen. But long may that, that dull run of theirs continue. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, well, just on the on the um, Premier League before I let you go, uh, Paul, Everton uh, under Sean Dyche, uh, I mean, first game in charge, gets a, a 1-0 win. Uh, over Arsenal, you know, only their second loss of the season. Um, then cops a loss at, uh, in the Merseyside derby, picks up another one now. They've lost at home to Villa. They're, um, they're winning one, losing one. Do you think uh, under Dyche they'll have enough to stay up? Well, if they carry on with that sequence, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> win rate, it'll be fine. It'll get them across the line now. But in, in all seriousness, it can be really difficult. Um, I don't like the squad that he's inherited, really. Um, knowing Dyche quite well, I think he'll just go with people he feels he can rely on. It might not be his best 11, but it'll be an 11 that will give everything every single week. So they will grind out results at places that they probably shouldn't. So I'm hoping that that'll be enough to get him over the line and then he can sort of regroup next year and get his own players in. Now, Arsenal and Man City both won overnight as well. Um, So that gap stays the same. What have you made of Manchester City this season, especially since the World Cup at doesn't feel like the, the Manchester City that we're used to seeing. I mean, I think they've dropped something like 15 points uh, away from home this season. And, and, you know, that game against Forest where they drew one all, for example, uh, was just very un-City-like. Yeah, it was. But I think, I think it's going to come again. You know, they're, they're creating chances. And that's the thing I always look at. If, if they're missing chance, creating and missing chances is not a bad place to be. If you're not creating anything, then there's, there's you know, underlying problems. But they still look... Um, as effective as ever as moving teams around. You know, they're still getting 75% possession against most teams. So I think if you continue doing the things that they, they know they can do, it will come again and, and Haaland will go for a, you know, a rich reign of form again. I still think they'll win the league, um, given that they've got, I think, just about a better run in than Arsenal. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, Arsenal still have to go to Etihad in the league as well. Uh, we saw West Ham win 4-0 over Forest as well and Leeds get a 1-0 win at Southampton uh, and tomorrow morning made a Tottenham Hotspur are in action um, they're a team that are, are just ahead of Newcastle in the league uh, Tottenham are playing Chelsea who are in I, I, I guess you'd say it's a pretty ordinary run of form how do you see that one playing out? 
I think Tottenham will just get on top of them um, at home. I'd like to, like to see, you know, the Newcastle fans, I'd like to see Chelsea get something on a draw. Um, but I think I think Tottenham at home will be just too strong for them. What do you think's going wrong for Graham Potter? Oh, blimey. It's a horrible one for him. He, he probably had to go. Um, it's, it's almost a life-changing move, probably life-changing money. Um, he had to try and test himself. I don't think he's been helped by the chairman because I don't think the signings were his. I think the signings were the chairman's. And, he, and there's no doubt that he's bringing in superstar names, but do they fit in with, with Potter's philosophy? Probably not. So I think it's a tough one for him. Um, he's not a super experienced coach who's probably you know, had the opportunity to be able to sort of manage up a little better. Um, and Burley's come in and, and, and he's doing his own thing by the looks of it. And he looks like he's playing fantasy football and sort of pot of the middleman, unfortunately. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I thought probably the strangest decision that he's made was to bring Pierre-Eric Aubameyang over from Barcelona because that's who Tuchel wanted. And then he gets half a game off the bench and then he sacks Tuchel. Uh, that made absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, especially with the money that he'd invested in the squad for Tuchel. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. That's that's what worries me. He just seems to do things on a whim and it's okay. He's got that much money. He can go and spend $100 million if it doesn't work out. So what, we'll get the next one in. And I just don't think that is going to work for you know a club like Chelsea um, long term. And well, certainly not for a coach like Potter. Um, you know, it took him a long, a long while to build what he built at Brighton, um, and I suppose they're, they're going well as well. So that that makes things even more difficult for him. Yeah, it does indeed, mate. And just before you go, the Knicks uh, got a point on the road um, on the on Friday night at Central Coast. I, I guess it makes a, makes a change for them to come from behind and steal a point they probably didn't deserve because it's been the other way around a lot a lot of times this season. Yeah, definitely. I think they played some good stuff this year, and they, and they weren't good. And I think Calais said it best. He said, "You know, it's, it's not a bad thing to be able to not play so well and and, and grab something." So um, if they can back that up with a win in the next game, it, it doesn't make too much difference. Um, it's a tough place to go, though. Um, Central Coast—they're a good, very good side this year. So um, I thought it was a, it was a, a decent point on the road that needs to be backed up. Now. What did you make of Caltech's red card? Um, I didn't think it was. I mean, again, I keep talking about intent today, but he didn't stamp in with any intent. He played the ball, his foot rolled off the ball and, and definitely made contact. For me, it's a yellow. Um, it's a yellow final warning. Don't do anything silly. But um, I, I don't feel that that VAI is helping the game at the moment at all. Um, you know, If you go back and watch that that challenge again and you, you still come to a red, I do understand the game very well. I'm not so sure. Yeah. No, all right, Paul. Thanks very much for your time this morning, uh, this afternoon, mate. Uh, have a good time tomorrow morning, but not too good a time, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers. Go well. Paul Eiffel there with us uh, talking football.